Habakkuk 2.20, we, we did that verse. Did you, you know what that verse is? It says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence, be silent before him. And so it's good to do that sometimes. It's good to just be quiet in his presence and just, just not do anything. It's a great picture of salvation. I don't do anything. I let God do it all. It's a great picture of waiting on the Lord. Lord, I'm not doing anything. I'm waiting for you. The Lord is in his holy temple. You're the temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Try it on your own sometime. Sit in silence with the Lord. Try it. You may find it, it goes by so quick that you're there for 30 minutes. Just allow him to lead you in that. Anybody else have something from the Lord, a scripture, a word? It wasn't exactly a vision, but I just saw in my mind's eye the Lord just come in and walk down that center aisle. And our silence was like standing at attention. And um, <clears throat> then I imagined and um, visualized him on that horse as the king of heaven's armies. And he's about to come back. And it says there was silence in heaven for a period of 30 minutes, which was, I don't know, in heaven how long that would be. But the awe, the terror the reverence, the um, who knows what all that silence is about, but uh, it's certainly giving him reverence and um, awe. Uh, my name is B.J. Jackson. Uh, I've come here before. Uh, it's my second time, and I never did get to come back and tell you guys that I really enjoyed being with you. And I praise God, and I thank you. I may not get to know all of your name, but I know one thing. If I just look out, I'm supposed to see the face of Jesus. He says above, his name is above all names, and that's the only name I need to know. And I just want to say one thing here. Uh, I want to share something with you here. I read that uh, it might have something to do with someone here, but it's, the Lord has put it on my heart, and I want to share it with you. If you hold it it's over in Jeremiah chapter 29, if you want to read with me. Uh, this is after the Israelite, the children that, of course, had uh, been in captivity. And they had made some bad choices. And sometimes we all, I guess, I'm, I hope I'm not the only one that made a bad choice. But sometimes we make mistakes. And they had to, uh, after they had made the bad choice, they had to go through this captivity. But the Lord said this to them, that even though they had made some bad choices, he still had a plan for them. And this is something that I've taken in my life and I had to apply it. And I hope that I can share this with someone here this evening. And this, it goes like this. If you'll read with me, please, uh, along with me. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good works word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Amen. You know, I, 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 as I've studied uh, the word of God, and I thank God that, He's given me the opportunity and a sense to want to be near him. I've looked and I've studied over the, over the years, and you look at Moses. Moses killed a man. He made a mistake. He made a bad choice. But God had a plan for him. Amen? Amen. David committed adultery, killed a man, Uriah. 
just to be with his wife. But God still had a plan for him, amen? He became a king. Uh, Peter denied the Lord three times. But God still had a plan for him, amen? He became mm-hmm. one of the greatest builders of the church. Paul crucified the church. But the Lord had a plan for him on the road to Damascus. Amen? Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. But God still had a plan for him. Amen. So what, what I what I would just want to what this comes to say to this is over in Romans eight and one says there's no condemnation in those who are for Christ. And that with us. There's kind of a little theme going here if you didn't <laughs> notice. Um, is there anybody that says I either I or I know somebody that, that just needs that? Um, in other words, you, they need to be free from. I mean, it's kind of the whole idea of, you know, mistake in the past, but God still has a hope in the future for you. And and maybe it's just you say, I want to I want to pray for someone else right now. It may not be you, and that's that's okay. Uh, is there anybody that would say, Yeah, I want us to just agree with that right now, just to just to join together? There's one. Anybody else? There's two. Who else? Okay, there's a lot of you now. So could you all stand up? And we're just going to gather around and, and just agree, whether it's for you personally or want us to just look briefly at uh, Scripture here. And we've had several Scriptures brought to our, our midst already this morning. Um, if you want to go to Acts 19, we're going to start start out in Acts 19. Anybody there? You're like, I wasn't even opening my Bible. Huh? <laughs> I heard some Bibles open, and that's good. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. All right. If you were here last week, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And... We're, I'm going to briefly mention that again, because um, this is actually one of the, the biggest scriptures that shows that this, this was not a one-time deal. You know, some people think that, that the day of Pentecost was a one-time deal. Like, that was just for then, just to get the church started. I mean, it kind of really doesn't make sense. We only needed God to get the church started. Once it got going, we'll handle it from here, you know. But it's kind of what what it implies, really. But... The day of Pentecost, this is years and years, probably uh, at least 20 years, probably, probably even more, after the day of Pentecost. And remember the day of Pentecost, the, the rushing mighty wind, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues, and then uh, they got up and had this amazing uh, time where 3,000 people came to the Lord. And so last week we, we walked through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and what that means, and that tongues is not scary. And we had three people baptized in the Holy Spirit last week. Praise the Lord. And so, yeah, you can give them praise. Sir. Yeah. 
I mean, most of us are already baptized in the Holy Spirit, so we're, we're thankful. A couple of them were actually guests, and so that's amazing. <laughs> uh, we had a, a, a child. Uh, we had, you know, all, the, all of us together, which is so powerful. I mean, that... There's something powerful when the church gathers as a family, and I think that's why, you know, I know, it's there's just something powerful in that that we're going to continue to try to pursue and allow God to show us what that means. Um, what does that really mean? And, you know, it was so powerful to watch a, a little girl and her father stand together and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If we never had family service, that wouldn't happen. Um, and there's more to being a family than just doing a, a service or that. You, I mean, you get my point. But the point is how amazing that is that, you know, we, we gather together, that we, that we share together, that, that you don't hang around just people that are your own age, too. I mean, that's the whole, you know, kind of our church vision here that will be multi-generational, that there's something powerful when we bridge all kinds of gaps, uh, whether it's generations or, or cultures or race or whatever, that when those come together, something is released. And so um, if you were baptized in the Holy Spirit or been baptized recently, I encourage you, continue to pray in the Spirit. Continue to pray in tongues. Even if you got God only released two words, well, keep going with those two words until He releases more. Don't think, don't worry about it, don't... Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to... That doesn't work. You'll just notice one day, whoa, it's flowing out even more freely because you're allowing God to just just pray through you and speak through you and it will build you up. And why this is so important, you see here, here's Paul. I mean, look at this. Maybe the message here. Paul gets there and he, he gets to Ephesus. And you know, Paul is an apostle. So that means he was a sent one. So he was sent out from place to place. And there was already a group of disciples there, and we find out in this in this account that they were disciples of John the Baptist. You know, he gets there and says, "Hey, what? You know, have you even heard? Have you heard of the Holy Spirit?" And they're like, "We even heard of the whole, heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Who? What? What is that? Who is that? Or what's going on?" And so then he asked them, "What baptism did you receive?" And what they said the baptism of John. So in other words, they were most likely disciples of John the Baptist. They got baptized by John the Baptist, but they hadn't been they hadn't been saved yet. They hadn't believed in Jesus. They, they only they had only responded to what they knew. And it's interesting that when Paul gets these disciples, um, he does first they are baptized in the name of Jesus. In other words, they they receive salvation and they were probably most likely baptized in water again, uh, you know, for for their profession of faith in Jesus. Um, but what that means is they got saved. But then it says after that, which is very important for Pentecostals, after that, <laughs> it says Paul laid his hands on them, and it says they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. And they prophesied. In other words, something was released when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, if it was just a one-time deal, first of all, Paul wouldn't have thought it was so important that the first thing he asked them, he sees the disciples and say, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, pal, but I'm ready for whatever God has. And it's so important. That's why we, we talk about this so much. Foursquare, and I'll mention it again. You, you all know what Foursquare stands for. That's what this, this church is, a Foursquare Gospel Church. 
And what that means is we believe that Jesus is the Savior. Notice that it's not was, it, all these are is. Jesus is the Savior. That's the little cross here. Okay? Then it goes down. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The cup represents uh, healing through, through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, through the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus is our healer. And then the crown is Jesus is our coming king. And see, those... And it has, it has nothing to do with a certain type of church or something. This is just, this is just biblical. When you, do, when you do this, when you lead someone to salvation... If you stop there, they are missing something. They need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They need to be overflowing with fullness of God. And when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, many times God will also then begin the steps of healing in their life. He'll begin to, to change things inside. He'll begin to free you from your past. He'll begin to, to bring deliverance from strongholds in our lives. And But... Many times people skip that, you know, skip the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you've got to have salvation, and that's it. You go to heaven. But if you want to want to see God's hope and promise and all those plans that He has for you fulfilled, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then you have to allow God to heal you. And then through all those things, Jesus is the King. He's the King now. He's the King that was then, and He's the King that we're looking forward to to come one, come back one day. We're ready any time to say, Jesus, come. But Lord, first let me have one more kid. No, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's, it's being so, so in love with Jesus that we're ready for him to come. But my main thing I want us to get to is here, Paul gets to the essentials right away when he meets disciples. He's not going to beat around with, well, let's talk about, um, you know, whether or not we baptize in, in water or just sprinkle you or whatever. He wasn't concerned about all that kind of stuff. He said, well, let's, let's talk about how your structure of the church is here. He, he didn't really, let's talk, and he didn't even talk about, hey, how do you worship? Didn't do that. He started with the essentials, the essentials of faith, the essentials of walking with Jesus, saying, okay, look, you need, you need to be baptized and believe in Jesus. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. In other words, you need to be saved. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need Him to come upon you and to fill you with His power. Because everything else in the Bible uh, pretty much depends on, on the power of God. Uh, if, it, if it's up to us, it is not going to happen. It's only through His power. And it's only through His power that you will really be released in healing. Especially, especially in your heart. Especially from those things that are still trying to hang on from the past. That, that have either been passed down through generations in your family. Or whether they have been something that's been brought on your life because of things you have done. Or whether it's just there because, man, this world stinks and people do things to you. And sometimes that hurts. And so those things need to be healed because if they're not healed, then what happens is I can never get to the, to the next step, which is to multiply myself in somebody else. That's kind of what the message is about here. We finally got to it almost. See, every single one of us is created in God 
to reproduce just like naturally my wife and i just had a baby we if you know unless there's something wrong human beings naturally reproduce it and it and it happens like that spiritually too as well in other words the life god has put in me is meant to be multiplied and reproduced and in someone else's life but that doesn't happen by magic and it doesn't happen by just showing up at church a lot of good things happen at a church service There's all kinds of things, but it only happens when my life meets another life and I pass on and multiply what God has placed in me. That's why it's so important to be saved and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and to be healed and to be a worshiper of the King because then when I multiply myself, I'm multiplying because you multiply who you are. I mean... Let's be honest. I mean, have you, if you've seen my, we'll use, since I just had a baby, let's just keep using the illustration here. Um, he didn't, he didn't come out, you know, dark skin with black hair because I can only reproduce who I am. It happens like that spiritually. He's probably, you know, you've seen how he's kind of thin. Okay. Have you looked at Ashley and I? He's probably not, he probably wasn't going to come out as a big old huge giant baby, although that could be possible, I guess. But, you know, it's like little tiny, little Evan, little thin Evan, big hands, big feet, long arms and legs, but, you know, not much in between. So, have you noticed? Okay? It's the same thing here. Have you seen my dad? Have you seen my brother? Okay? You only reproduce who you are. And it happens that way spiritually as well, that you, could, you, can only, you only pass on what you have. And, but first of all, if you have Jesus, you have something to pass on to someone else. You are worthy of being a, being a reproducer, being a, a multiplier in God's family. You are one that's called to do that. He has given you... I mean, you say, man, I don't really know much. I don't know the Bible. I don't... I haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. Well, let, we can just take care of that here pretty soon, real quick. Um, I haven't been healed yet. Well, let's walk through it. It's not a. It's not. It's usually not going to go. Man, I'm just free from everything. Praise God. He wants to walk us through the journey, and you know, as we walk through that, He brings healing. Um, most and sometimes He does the quick one too. But um, so then you are able to take a, your life on someone else's life and multiply God's life into them. Because, God's, because your life is hook, hooked and connected to God's life. So you have life on life. It's a phrase from convention. I stole it from somebody else. It's from Wayne Cordero. I take no credit for it. But life on life is how multiplication happens. Life on life is how, how uh, the life of God is transferred from me to someone else. And you have to believe that you are worth passing on something that is God has placed in you to someone else. If you think that only certain people are called to do that, that's why the church is like this. Imagine this. Imagine this. Every single one of us in here, take one person, and for one year, you pour your life into them. You, you pray for them. You... If necessary, if they don't already know the Lord, you lead them to Jesus. You lead them in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thought Ashley did that. Well, you can do it too. (laughs) If you need Ashley's help to show you, have her come along for the first time. And then you're set free. Then you don't need any more training. No. Then what? go for it. You go for it, Corey. Lead someone. 
And then you begin to lead them through how you how did you follow Jesus? You begin to say, man, this is what this is what God does for me. This here's how God works in my life. Here's how he speaks to me through his word. Here's how I here's how I hear from him. How do how do you how do I hear from God? Well, here's how I hear from God. Let's talk about it. And then then your life which is connected to God's life, then is connected to this other life. And so the life of God is being transferred and multiplied. Think if we did, if all of us just took one person and did that for the next year, one year from now, there would be twice as many people in this room right now. And maybe they wouldn't be part of this church. That's fine. It's not even about that. But there would be twice as many people closer to, you know, a lot closer to Jesus than they were at this point. Just one person. See, so many times, here's, here's what I think we do, and I, and I do it too. It's like we do the hit, the, the take a shot of Jesus thing, you know. Here, bam, 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 and then bam, bam. You know, you have all this, and you just, we're just barely, you know, we, I get a shot here with this person, I shoot this person here, man, God, bless God. That's my shot for Corey today, and then, you know, boom, boom, boom. But, but we're not, there's never any... There's never any developing of life. There's never any developing of relationship. We're back on the word again. The word relationship. See, and that's what Paul is doing right now. He's demonstrating that for us. And all of us are not apostles, okay? We're not all called to get up, leave Midland, and go to a different city and start a church, okay? That's what an apostle does. But we are all called to share the life that God has in us, life on life, with someone else. And you have to believe, this is the first part I think you have to get. Um, you have to believe that you have something to share. You have to believe that you are worth reproducing. The good things God has done in your life, they are worth doing in someone else who has not received that from God yet. You have everything you need. If you have, you have God in you, right? If you are a believer in Jesus, and it looks like, I know everybody here, and you—you you are all professing believers. So there's no, there's no uh, that I know of. And so, if you're a believer in Jesus, then you have everything you need inside of you. It just needs to be drawn out, and needs to be get the the pipes unlocked, which is healing. You know, get stuff out of the way, fears and wrong ways of thinking, and. Just past hurts that people have done to you. But even even in the midst of all those things, the most basic thing that God has done in your life, you can pass that on to someone else. We're just going to skip right to the end here. <laughs> Notice Paul starts out. There's a lot of stuff I could say here that I'm going to skip over. Notice Paul. And, and here's what we want to do. Sometimes we want to start with the, with the big thing. You know, that's kind of like a fad, in Amer- at least in American church. If it's big, then it must be good. And, you know, you know, there's people that have big churches. Well, that's because you have pastor a small church. And that may be true. I don't know. I'm willing to be wrong. But we sometimes want the big, huge, gigantic explosion where it just, you know, comes all at once. Woo! You just work with me here. <laughs> Trying to make some people are about they're getting ready to soak here in a second. Okay, <laughs> they're being released into resting in in the Lord. Um, so 
We want that. And, I, and, and what the Lord did is he spoke to me about Elijah and Elisha. And I've preached on that several times. And I think Gary's preached on it 37 times. And, you know, around the world. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, a, it's like one of the most amazing things in the Bible. I mean, I just love the Bible. And so Elijah passing on his mantle to Elisha. You know, Elijah was a prophet. And he did all these amazing miracles and stood for God. And also, you know, crawled in a hole and hid from everybody. And, and whined and did all the things we do too. But he was used of God mightily. And Elisha says before he's going to die, he says, give me a double portion what do you want? I want a double portion of your spirit. In other words, I want twice as much of what God's doing in your life, in my life, that you have. And you're like, whoa, that's, that's kind of a serious thing. I mean, he wasn't like coming up to some dude who didn't have nothing. This was one of the most amazing prophets in the Old Testament. You know, he made it in the Bible. I, I, nobody else made it in the Bible in this room, so he must be pretty cool. And so... Elisha, you know, Elijah is taken up into heaven. He's one of the two people that never died in, in the Bible that we have recorded. He goes on up, a chariot goes up. He just goes straight to heaven. He doesn't have to die. Goes straight to be with the Lord. And then, you know, his cloak kind of floats down. And, uh, and Elisha, I don't know why their names are similar. They didn't know each other. I mean, they were just, it's just random. And so Elisha gets the cloak. And then he comes to the water, there's like a, a river, and he strikes the river with the, with the cloak that Elijah had, and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Boom, he strikes it, the water parts, and he walks through, and then everybody else says, well, the same spirit that was on Elijah now rests on Elisha. And I think somebody has told me, and I haven't verified this, so check it out for yourself, that there are twice as many miracles recorded that Elisha did than Elijah did. That he actually received a double portion. Has anybody ever checked that out yet? Did you check that out? You heard that. Did you tell me? <laughs> okay, if, if it's wrong, then it's Jamie's fault. So just remember that, okay? That's on the tape. It's on the podcast. <laughs> Is it Bobby Bell? Oh, shoot. Edit his name off because he doesn't want his name on there. So anyway, I'll, we'll check that out sometime. Whether it's true or not, it, it appears that he got he got a whole lot of what Elisha had, Elijah had. But here's what the Lord said to me. Yes, that moment released that, but there was a time of preparation where Elisha walked with Elijah day in and day out. He saw how Elijah lived his life. He saw how he prayed. He saw how he heard God. He saw how miracles were released. He saw how to prophesy, to hear from God and to speak from God. He saw what Elijah did when he was tired. He saw how Elijah renewed himself in the Lord when he was growing weary. He saw what Elijah did when he faced discouragement. He saw what Elijah did in great victories. He saw what Elijah did when he met children. He saw what Elijah did when he met widows who, who were in need. He saw all those things. He walked with him day in and day out. Life on life. And it wasn't some magical thing then for the presence and power and anointing of God to be released from Elijah to Elisha because their lives had been intersecting and, and Elijah had been pouring his life onto Elisha all that time. That was just the time of releasing it to be, you know, displayed publicly in a you know in an amazing way and so 
we sometimes want, we want the double portion without the walking through day-to-day life on life. Especially as Pentecostals. We want to just, we just want to pray one prayer and everything goes away. And you know what? God does sometimes just come in and take away something. He does that a lot. But in terms of our spiritual growth, I find that he walks me day to day. So that I am ready when that cloak drops on the ground. Whatever the cloak it is that he's wanting me to, to take on. You know, again, everyone's not called to be Elisha. You don't have, you're not called to be anybody but you. But whatever that, whatever that time of release is, and there's probably many in your life, that you're able to step in, put that cloak on, and go for it because your life has been changed not only with your life on God's life, but your life with someone else who has poured into you. And then you begin, and all that time you've been pouring into someone else, and you see how the life of God is meant to be multiplied. That's how, that's how discipleship works. That's a good churchy word. That's how discipleship works, is life on life. We... we We've tried to make it life on class, life on sermon, life on whatever meeting. And all those things, there's nothing wrong with them. But if we take away the key element which Paul used, which all the, you know, all of the apostles in the New Testament, which Jesus used, he called the twelve. When Jesus wanted to change the world, he took twelve and he had three of them that were very close to him. And he poured his life into them for years. And that's why on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and baptized them, they were able to just immediately jump into this amazing thing. Because their lives had been, what well, they had been with Jesus for three years. He had been pouring in them. This was just the point where it was like, it's being released now for, the, for everyone to see. And in the church and in the family of God, the people of God was born. So... Now I'm going to give you somebody else's sermon. You're like, I already got, that's a long one. This is from Wayne Cordero. I'm just going to give him credit again. We heard this at convention. And this is just some real simple stuff. This is just practical um, stuff. How you share your life with someone else. And num- number one, most of this is, is Wayne Cordero. Number one is believe early on. In other words, if I don't think, if I automatically write someone off and say, that person could never be anything in God's kingdom. Well, I mean, there, there's nothing going to happen between me and them right there. Because I've already, I've already asked them off the list. I've already decided that something they've done or who they are or the way they look or, or the way that God made them, their talents and, and gifts are, are not ready for what God wants to do. We have, you have to believe before you see something. In other words, he talks about Seeing things in people, seeing their potential, seeing what someone could be, not seeing who they are right now, but seeing who could they be. When you, this is totally, this is all from him. When you go into, when you see a forest, some people just see trees. But when Wayne Cordero goes in a forest, he sees guitars, he sees houses, he sees, he sees buildings, he sees, uh, Wood crosses. He sees all kinds of things that can be made from that forest. In other words, he sees the potential that can come from those trees. And the same thing can happen when we decide to share our life with someone else. We're saying, I see something in you and I know. And here's from Ralph Moore. I'm just sharing some of my convention stuff. 
Discipleship begins before someone meets Jesus. And I was like, well, that's that's really true. You don't start you don't start sharing your life, life on life. You don't start pouring into someone. You don't you don't wait till they come to Jesus. You start that process starts way before you can disciple someone before they're a Christian. They can be being discipled, even though they're not a follower of Jesus. You can walk them through the process. How do you do that? Life on life. When they run into something hard and you guys talk and you talk about it, you say, here's what I do. And you're just discipling them. You're saying, here's how I walk this out. Man, this person said this about me and did this about me at work and uh, all this stuff. And you say, and here's, you know, if you did this, you say, well, here's what I did when someone was doing that one time to me. I just begin to bless them. I begin to just come by their, their, day, their, their office every day and say, Good, you know, it's great to see you again today. I, you know, you, you are such a blessing here. You, I'm, I'm amazed at the work you do. You are such an amazing worker. You begin to bless them and speak to them. And that person, even if they're not a Christian, they go, man, there might be something to that. There might be to that rather than complaining and saying, rah, 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 about that person, that you're going to go bless them. So you believe, you believe early on before, before you see anything. Many times we, I want to wait till I see something like, man, just show me something, God, and then, then I'm going to, no. He wants you to see it and, and believe it out of someone. Say, I'm going to believe in that person. Um, this is a quote. Greatness lies dormant in every person. Greatness lies dormant in every single person. That's from Wayne Cordero. If you don't believe that, I mean, that's why we eliminate whole sections of society. Okay, well, that person grew up in the ghetto, so hopefully they'll just barely make it. You know, we'll just try to get them up a level here. No, that person has greatness lying within them. As If they can just meet Jesus, and He can get a hold of them, they can be great in God's kingdom. They can be amazing. They could be the person that could change countries and nations. Jesus took 12 to change the world. The 12 disciples touched your life. Because what was begun by Jesus and put in the 12 disciples is touching us today, right now. What they did was multiplied on. Uh, number two, and these, and this is, again, remember this was given to pastors, so it's kind of, kind of sounds pastory, but, um, it says, mentor courageously. In other words, when you share your life with someone, go ahead and let them, press them into the Lord. You know, encourage them to, to be with God. You know, once, once you've led them to the Lord, and you're, some of you are still thinking, I ain't, I ain't doing that part even. What are you talking about? <laughs> I see you looking at me. Like, this is meant, this is meant for all of us. And it doesn't mean that everyone's out an evangelist. It doesn't mean that everyone's out on the street doing this or that. It just means that everyone is called to share their life with another life. But mentor, you know, when you're when you're doing that and you establish a relationship, go ahead and be courageous with it. Press that person into the Lord. Go ahead and be able to to speak things into their life. And here's the thing: sometimes what happens is, you know, what when I first meet you, we begin to have a relationship and and we start. You know, we're doing all this stuff together. And then I begin to grow. And I begin to change. Let that person grow and change with you. If at one point you shared something with them that 
You said, man, this is totally good. We should be doing this for God. And then the Lord later shows you, well, that wasn't quite right. That was kind of a little bit off. Then pass that on to them. Because the things God is doing in you are meant to be passed on to someone else. So that they can grow and then they can pass it on to somebody else. And then we won't have a weak and divided, immature and powerless group of, of church in America. But it's not gonna, it's not gonna be some big stadium event that suddenly changes everything. I don't, I really don't believe that. I believe it's gonna, you know, we're not gonna overturn abortion and all this other things by picking signs and, and doing all this stuff. It's gonna happen life on 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 life to where a young woman is changed, a young man is changed, another older woman is changed, a child is changed. Life on life on life. Because life multiplies itself. And God's life will multiply and will change. And that changes culture. So when you grow, let them grow. That's the way I talked about That's the way I, I, I got it from, from the Lord. So, And then challenge them boldly. Don't be afraid to confront in love. That's all Wayne Cordero. Okay? Only thing that was mine was when you grow, let them grow with you. So, don't be afraid to confront in love. You know what? When you have a relationship with someone, at some point you're going to have to say, "That's wrong." And if you're in a relationship with someone where someone says that to you, you have to at some point be able to have someone say, "That's wrong." You can't do that. And it's all for your good. I mean, it's all for all our good. So we challenge boldly. So I encourage you and ask you the question, who is in your life? And God's probably, it doesn't have to be someone your age. It could be a child. God could tell you. And you see, being, sometimes we, we think being like spirit-led means we're not intentional. The, those things go together. Paul had a, had a plan every time. He followed the Holy Spirit while he was in that plan. But he said, I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to start like this. And then I'm going to follow the Lord. So we, you got being intentional is not taking away from the Holy Spirit. It means, okay, Lord, I'm being intentional. Now this person is in my life. What do you want me to, how do you want me to share my life with them? How do you want me to pour into them? It may be, a, it, like I said, it may be a child. It may be a young person. It may be a teenager. It may be a person in your neighborhood that God just says, okay, you just begin to, just begin to have lunch with them. Just begin to do this with them. Just begin to, even, maybe you don't take them anywhere. I mean, obviously you've got to be careful. You can't take someone else's child out with you and all that. Don't, don't, get, don't get Jamie on you, okay? <laughs> you know, but... But if God shows you, be, then be intentional. Say, okay, I'm going to be intentional and say, I'm going to take time with that person. It means you don't, you don't neglect your family, you don't neglect your, your children for that. Your, your spouse and your children are first. But it's those extra times. It's like bring someone along with you. The, the thing that caught me most about Wayne Cordero, and if you don't, he's a pastor in Hawaii, He's had a planted lots of churches, blah, 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 blah. Written lots of books. He invented, invented the Life Journal. Um, all this stuff. But he kept, he showed some videos of people. I mean, it was kind of, 
he said, look, just watch the video. I'm not trying to promote myself. And I, I heard his heart. He showed a video of all his leaders talking about what, what he did in their life. In other words, he's preaching on this life on life, saying, look, this guy does it. It was amazing how many people said, Pastor Wayne took me with him to do, and we did devotions together. I mean, there was just about every single one of them had done devotions. In other words, devotions, secret place time, whatever you want to call it, your quiet time. In other words, whenever he was reading his Bible and doing his time with the Lord, what he would do is he'd bring some with him. Hey, let's meet at wherever in the morning or in the afternoon. Okay, we're going we're gonna to hear, hear God together. And they would then say, okay, you read over here, I'll read over here. And then they share it together. But I was amazed at how many people said, he did this with me. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's got like a church of 15,000. He's got, you know, all this stuff going on. Yet he's still taking time to, to be with all these other people. Probably, you know, he probably did devotions more than once every day is what I was thinking. Uh, did it several times. But he said, okay, come along with me. Let's do this together. Let me show you how I do it. And so I was just amazed at that. And I'm just asking the Lord to say, what does that mean for us? Because I really believe that God wants, God does want us to be a church that's full of the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, all the power. God wants to release that through us, not, not just on Sunday mornings, more on Monday afternoon. But, he wants to do that, but he also doesn't want us to just wait around and think that magically something's going to happen and people are just going to going to just walk in this door and come to Jesus all at once. God does that every once in a while. Someone just, you know, God touches their life. Most people, like 95%, are invited by someone else or even better yet, don't even invite them to church. <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> You're the church, so you just invite them to be with you. They're already at church. Okay? Be released to be the church. Be released to be who God has called you to be. I, I still have to say this very hardly. If God calls you on a Sunday morning <laughs> to go be with someone else, and you're discipling them and pouring into their lives, then don't feel guilty about not coming to church. Now, if you're just sleeping or whatever then go ahead and feel guilty. <laughs> now we're released from guilt, okay? You, you get what I'm... I mean, do you hear my heart? Do you get what I'm saying? And I still have to learn this too because i got a church mindset because sometimes people are like, yeah, I was out doing this. I'm like, man, could you come to the church service where, you know, we're doing the God thing here and, man, the worship was great and you missed it. You don't miss anything if you're doing what God has called you to do, okay? Don't use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm... You know, this, well, you can use that to run from God. Well, I know if we get to the service today, something's going to happen. I don't want to deal with what's going on here. Or I don't like those songs they do on the second Sunday or whatever. But don't, don't use that. But allow God to, to, to lead you and to show you the person. You are worthy of pouring into someone else. Your life is worth sharing with someone else. The Jesus in you is worth sharing with somebody else. So we're going to close because it's time to church is over. <laughs> but here's what I want us to do is I want Ashley to go over here. And this is not 
I'm going to say that this is afterward. I'm going to pray. We're just going to close. We're not, we've had response time. We're not having to come to the altar and, oh, yes, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to do that. This week I'm going to find somebody. No, just let God speak to you. Let him show you. Let this become a part of your, your life. And just way over there is, is, you know, so just in case you're embarrassed about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can hide behind this tree and be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. And I'm just, my wife is very good at leading you, so that's why I'm having her lead that. Um, so as soon as we pray, go ahead and we'll just put some prayer music on. If you, if you want to talk, then then move to the back or in the foyer and stuff, and we'll you know we'll do share your life on life, please. Don't you know if you need to pray with someone, do that. If you need prayer for something else, you can come see me and Corey and I will pray for you. And so, but if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't quit running from it. Quit running. And you, can, you don't have to come to some altar thing to sneak up here. Uh, and God's going to do it. And that's just one, that's just one step. It's not going to magically change everything in your life, but it will change everything in your life <laughs> at the same time. Everything will change. You, you will have a whole new door open to hearing God, and He will release gifts in you, and you will have, suddenly you will receive power that you didn't know you had. You have power to change, power to, to release things on other people, etc. So, if you need that, I encourage you to come after the service. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this church. That we will be spirit-led yet intentional, Lord. We will be miraculous yet relational. Lord, we will be, we will be with one mind and unity, Lord, yet we will be spread out to where we touch this community, Lord, and the nations as well. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that our life, the life you have placed in us, it's not us, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory that needs to be shared with someone else, Lord. Show us who those people are. Multiply the good things that you've done in my life in someone else. Lord, we don't need to hold on to it. Lord, there's so much that you've done in us. Lord, it must be shared. It must be reproduced in somebody else's life. And we thank you that that happens from the youngest child right now sharing their life with another young child to the oldest whatever person sharing that with someone else. Lord, that that happens in every... There's never a time when that doesn't happen in our lives. Lord, let your life flow. Let us be a river. We are not a lake. Lord, you said rivers of living water would flow from within us, Lord. If there's anything holding us back, Lord, let that be released. Lord, let us be freed to walk in confidence and in power. But let the multiplication begin in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Be blessed. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come up here. If you need prayer for something else, come on over here and we'll pray with you.